Welcome to the top three podcasts for entrepreneurs, your place to get the very best tips, tricks, and tactics from today's most successful entrepreneurs. Here's your host, Stephanie Burns, founder of Chic CEO. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the top three podcast for entrepreneurs. I'm Stephanie Burns, founder of Chic CEO, and today I have with me Rick Barrera. And Rick is a nationally acclaimed professional speaker, marketing, and sales consultant, and author known throughout the Fortune 500 for his extraordinary speaking ability and his unique approach to sales, marketing, and brand building. His research on the strategies used by breakthrough brands like Apple, American Girl, Minute Clinic, Lexus, Google, Starbucks, and Zipcar will change your entire approach to your customers. In his newest best-selling book, Overpromise and Overdeliver: How to Design and Deliver Extraordinary Customer Experiences, Rick illustrates how increasing numbers of cutting-edge firms are building breakthrough brands in record time. And Rick is the co-author of Non-Manipulative Selling, published by Prentice Hall, and Collaborative Selling, published by John Wiley & Sons. He's also the author of The Dollars and Cents of Exceptional Service Delivery. Rick has helped hundreds of companies excuse me, hundreds of companies to maximize their revenue growth while creating happy, loyal customers. His clients include Abbott Labs, Ameriprise, Autocrib, AutoZone, Bayer, Caterpillar, IBM, Intel, Merrill Lynch, and Verizon, as well as many small businesses, entrepreneurs, and solopreneurs. Rick, that was a mouthful. How are you? I'm doing great, Stephanie. How are you? I'm good. Thanks so much for joining me today. So I gave everybody uh, your professional bio, but Give us a little background on you. Tell us kind of how you've moved through your career and into creating what you are working on now, which is MaxRev, max-rev.com. So give us a little background on you. Well, I, you know, I started out, I grew up in a little tiny town called Derrick City, Pennsylvania. It was in a little oil town back at the turn of the century and about a mile long. It was very rural. And, uh, you know, I was a... Uh, uh, I was the youngest of five, so I had to figure out, you know, how do you earn some money in, uh, you know, in a town like that. So I was a Cub Scout, and in the back of the Cub Scout magazine, they had uh, little ads that said you could, you know, sell seeds um, and make some money. So, you know, I bought some seeds mail order and went door to door and sold seeds. And then uh, I saw another ad that said you could sell Christmas cards, so I got a Christmas card catalog and went door to door selling Christmas cards. And then I had a newspaper route when I got a little bit older. And uh, so I, you know, I had a, I basically, in order for me to, you know, get any kind of spending money for anything that I wanted, I had to go sell something is basically, you know, sort of what I figured out at a young age. So that's, that's the start of my career. And then uh, I had 24 jobs before I ended up uh, starting a sales training company in Buffalo, New York. And uh, then after five years in Buffalo, I'd had enough of the snow. I moved to San Diego and uh, and kept kept my company going here and, and have done sales training and customer service training and customer experience training, strategy work for uh, the Fortune 500 for the last uh, 30 years. Wow. And you and I met, we spoke on a panel together. And ever since then, I think that was last summer or the end of last year. And so we've kept in, in contact because um, 
well, you're you're here in San Diego, but I just love what you're doing, and I love your book, and and all of that, all of everything that you're working on. And in in my circle with entrepreneurs, I don't think people talk about sales enough. No, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I you know my mantra is revenue covers a lot of sins. <laughs> That's your success <laughs> quote. That's right. So tell us about that. <laughs> well, well, I, you know, uh, you if you look at your financial statement. What's the first line? It's revenue, mm-hmm. right? So you get, you know, companies in particular get all, you know, hung up on expense management and all of that. And I think that's, you know, it's important. But if you think about it, what's the, what's the maximum percentage by which you can cut your costs? 100%. 100%. Exactly. <laughs> Okay, but not really, because if you cut them by 100%, you wouldn't have any, you know, office or place to work or you wouldn't have any employees or whatever. So you really can't cut them 100%. Mm. But what's the maximum percentage by which you can grow revenues? Oh, Oh. infinite. It's infinite. So if I came to you as an investor and I said, gee, I got these two investment opportunities. One of them has an upside of 80%. The other one has an infinite upside. What would you tell me? Go with infinite. Definitely. <laughs> Go with infinite. And, that, and so infinite, yeah. that's really core. To, yes, it's core to business philosophy is that you really ought to be spending most of your time focused on revenue generation. And then, you know, so, I, you know, my view is about 80, 20 or, you know, once you get up and running and things are really cranking, maybe 60, 40. But you're really focusing on revenue generation because when you're focused on revenue generation, it also keeps you very tightly connected to your customers. Because they will tell you what they're willing to spend money on, what they're not willing to spend money on, what they love about your services or your products, what they hate, you know, what needs to change. And then, you know, the other 20 to 40 percent of your energy is on the back end in the delivery of those products and services and, and making sure that you're over delivering there as well. But, you know, for most companies, the you know, when they get into trouble, they get in trouble because they don't have enough revenue. And so they really it's every time you take your eye off the sales ball, it's a problem. Interesting. So I want to start talking about your three tips and your three tips are the three tips for entrepreneurs and really driving their sales. And your first tip is let go of your outcome. So tell us what you mean by that. Okay. Well, so the outcome is whatever it is you want to have happen. So that for salespeople, it's making the sale. It could be if you're an employee uh, and you're going to go meet with your boss, it would be getting the raise. If um, if you're you know an entrepreneur and you're trying to get somebody to invest in your business, it would be getting the investment. So it's any goal that you would consider a win. So you know for for the purposes of our sales discussion, it's the outcome would be I, I want to make a transaction happen. I want to get the sale. Mm-hmm. So. The research on peak performance is really clear on this. So you've heard, you know, in sports of getting in the zone, right? Right. So what it means to be in the zone is a state is to be in a state of effortless effort where you're doing the work and you don't really you're not really aware of time and space and whatever. You're just really in the moment. And you, you've had this happen, I'm sure. You're a writer. You sit down to write something, and you look up, and it's been four hours, and you go, wow. Mm-hmm. You know, if, I, if, I, if somebody had asked me, I would have said 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Well, that's when you're in the zone. And, 
And to stay in the zone, you have to stay in the present moment. You have to be right here, right now. And so when you go to the past or the future, it pulls you out of the zone immediately. Your brain can't stay in the zone when you're thinking about the future or thinking about the past. So the minute you start focusing on the outcome, are they going to buy or not buy, You it pulls you out of the zone. Mm-hmm. So you're automatically not in a peak performance state. If you're thinking about, well, the last time somebody told me that, bang, you're out of the zone. So you really have to stay present with the client when you're interviewing them. So if you're saying, I need the money, you can't be focused on your customer and you're going to be less likely to get the sale. You're also not listening to their words. You're not listening to what meaning those words have for them. Uh, What most salespeople are doing is they're listening for buying signals. They're listening for opportunities to pounce, to get a transaction to happen. Well, what happens when you do that is you look, sound, and feel like a predator. Mm-hmm. And your potential customers want to get as far away from you as possible. They they feel that. So when you let go of the outcome and you're fully present with them and you focus completely on them and you're all about them, they can feel that too. They open up more, they share more, and they work with you more on potential opportunities. That's great. I love that. I think that's really true. I never thought of that before. You can't be in the moment if you're always thinking about the future outcome. Yep. I love that. Okay, so the second tip you have for us is ask open-ended exploring questions. And I've heard this before um, in sales techniques, but tell us what you mean by it. Well, the the first part a lot of people talk about, which is open-ended questions that can't be answered with a single word, but instead require a narrative response. So, you know, as much as this advice is handed out, there's a big difference between knowing and doing. So, you know, I ride with salespeople in the field, you know, every month I'm on phone calls, listening to salespeople every week. And I can tell you that this is the single biggest stumbling block, even for expert salespeople who've been in it for 20 years. And so they ask questions like, who is your current vendor? Are you happy with them? What are you spending currently? What's your budget? When are you planning on making a decision or what's your time frame for the decision? Are you the decision maker? Okay. Every one of those is a closed-ended question. In my view, they're completely worthless. They're a waste of time for you. They bore the customer, and they yield very little useful information. And people think, well, but I have to have the facts of the case. You don't. People don't buy based on the facts of the case. They buy on emotion. So you really have to make it a habit to ask open-ended questions. Now, then the second half of this is the exploring questions. Mm-hmm. So. But let me explain what I mean by that. So exploring questions are answers that you truly do not know the answers to. They're curiosity questions rather than questions that seek to manipulate or, you know, box the the customer in. So uh, if you ask great exploring questions, those are questions that even the client doesn't have the answer to. And it forces them to think. And so what that does is that shifts the whole position of how they view you. So they start to see you as a partner. They start to start to see you as somebody who can help them figure things out rather than somebody's there to create a transaction. So uh, some examples of exploring questions. Could you tell me a little bit about your situation? Mm-hmm. What does that process look like for you? 
how do you see your future? In an ideal world, how would that work for you? What's the political landscape currently? Why do you believe your past efforts have failed to solve the problem? So, like in that situation, they don't know. They have, they sit and they ruminate about that and they say, well, let's see, you know, we tried this and that didn't happen and we tried that and then this happened, right? So they're really thinking through it and you're, you're the catalyst for driving their thinking. So what does that do for your relation? I would assume that that would really strengthen this relationship that you have with your potential buyer in that you're exploring together. Right. So, so in the first half we explore together and the second half we collaborate together, mm. right. So to, to solve. And so it, it really, it shifts from a buyer seller relationship or an adversarial relationship to a collaborative and cooperative relationship. And that's that's the big shift when you're asking these exploring questions, because they start to explore the landscape with you. And then, you know, as you dig deeper, you start to really get to what is the core of the problem. And it changes the way they view your organization. And, you know, you learn a lot about their point of view. Yeah. Very nice. So the third tip that you have for us is ask clarifying questions. Right. So I, I call this the million dollar question and it could not be simpler. So you ask clarifying questions whenever there is the possibility of a misunderstanding. So let's think about that. When is there a possibility for a misunderstanding? I would say probably who has buying decision or price so, point or terms or I, almost anything I would think. Okay. Well, if, if, a, if a customer makes a statement to you about their organization, is there a possibility for misunderstanding there? I would think so. Yeah. So the answer is, you know, pretty much all the time. So once you've asked your first open-ended exploring question, then you're going to clarify based on what they said. So the clarifying question is really simple. It's what do you mean by, and then you pick the word or the phrase that they just used to make sure you understand what they're talking about so that you have shared terms, right? So they, if they said to you, well, you know, uh, the timing isn't necessarily right for us to make an investment right now. Let's just say they said that, mm -hmm. okay? Do you know what they mean by timing? No. Do you know what they mean by not right? No. Do you know what they mean by, you know, at this time? Mm -mm. You know, so whatever. So you, you don't know. So we what we do is we, we step over that and we go, oh, I get it. OK. And then we ask some other question. Well, no, we don't get it. We, we, we don't understand what they just meant. We haven't heard the words, but we don't know what they meant. So you just simply say, what do you mean by? The timing isn't right. What do you mean by an investment? What do you mean by right now? So think about, just for a second, think about the word apple. When I say the word apple, well, everybody gets to play along here. What comes to mind for you? My computer. A, your computer. Okay. So could be a computer, could be an iPhone, could be a red apple, could be a green apple, could be a yellow apple. 
Okay, now what happens if your customer says Apple and you make an assumption that you know what that means? Mm. Right? That's just one word. Now you do a sentence or a paragraph or a description of a, of a complex situation that's going on inside their organization. And all of a sudden, you know, their view of what that means and our view of what that means is totally different. Right. So let's do a quick role play. Okay. okay. So we'll pretend that I'm the salesperson for Google and I want you to advertise Chic CEO with us. Mm-hmm. So, Stephanie, could you tell me a little bit about your situation? Sure. Well, Chic CEO, we're an online platform for female entrepreneurs. We serve about 60,000 women who are looking to start businesses. So uh, it's pretty important for us to get in front of early stage female entrepreneurs. That's okay. Great. So, right. so what do you mean by early stage entrepreneurs? Women who are thinking about starting a business or in the first few years. Okay. What do you mean by online platform? We provide resources, tools, and how-to information on a website. Okay. What do you mean by how-to information? Things like how to write a business plan, how to get your EIN, how to write a press release, how to find funding, marketing, etc. Okay. No. So if I had stepped over that initial sentence and just said, oh, okay, I get it, and then moved on to my next question, look at all the information I just left on the table. Yeah. So salespeople do this all the time. And, you know, as they say, I'm out there riding with them all the time. I sit there and I listen and the clients say things and they just step on over all this rich information. And, you know, they take notes and they assume they know what they're talking about. But this is where where the solutions fall apart, because if you don't understand what they said, if you don't understand their their mental map, if you don't understand the landscape inside their organization, then any solution you bring to the table isn't going to fit that. Right. So, you know, these are simple little tips, but it's, I, I can tell you it's very, very rare that I ever go out with a salesperson who can do those three things. Wow. Well, I love that clarifying questions. Um, you know, we talk about those kinds of things all the time, but that really is true because all of those things that I just told you, you could repeat back to me in a proposal that would really make sense for me. Right. And we haven't, we haven't even begun to do the deep dive here. You asked me for three hot tips. So, you know, this is where you're starting, but you can see how when you start to get rich information and you're really deeply focused on the customer and you're partnering with them to really understand where they're coming from, you're way more likely to be able to co-create a solution. I don't believe in proposals, but you can sit with them and co-create a solution that will really work. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's awesome. Thank you, Rick. Those are great tips. So we like to uh, always ask our guests to give us a book recommendation, a book that they think will be helpful in our business and our life, or that's had an impact on you. So tell us what book you think our entrepreneurs should read. Well, I just read The First Mile by Scott DeAnthony, and it is probably the best uh, book for entrepreneurs that I've read in, I don't know, at least a decade. Wow. wow. Uh, really, and I read a lot, so <laughs> there's, uh, that, that's out of probably 300 books or something. Uh, it's, it's really 
focused on step-by-step, what are the things you have to do to get the business launched properly? And I found it uh, truly extraordinary. In fact, I just took hand-delivered a copy to my partner in another business and said, read this, and we're going to answer all these questions, you know, this week. So wow. really excellent book. Excellent. I will, I will definitely read it and put it on my list. And then at the end of our podcast, we like to ask our guests to challenge our community to do something that will make an impact in their business today. So, Rick, what is your challenge for our community today? I would challenge them to go on a single sales call, forget about any kind of an outcome. Just go in and say, I'm just going to go in and try to really serve the client in any way, shape, or form that I can. I'm going to figure out a way for me to add value. I'm going to really get to the bottom of their situation and find a way to add value, even if it doesn't have anything to do with something that I sell or something that I can make money on, and just see how that transforms the nature of the relationship and the way that person thinks about you and works with you. That's great. I love it. So go in, try to find, go on a sales call, try to add value, even if it has nothing to do with what you're selling, but try and dig really deep using clarifying questions, um, exploring, and what was your second one now? <laughs> <laughs> and letting go of the outcome. Letting go of the outcome, what, exactly what you said. Perfect. I was yeah. actually just taking notes on what you were saying. Yeah. Um, so, so uh, I, I have I have a story which is it's kind of interesting now given given you know the 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 world view of fracking. Um, I told you I grew up in Derrick City, mm-hmm. and um, so my grandfather was a wildcatter, and I knew a little bit about the oil business, not too much, but I went and as I you know sat down and I said you know tell me a little bit about you know what's going on with you. He said you know I can't talk to you today. He said, you know, I got a well, it's got to be fracked and, you know, I can't get it fracked. And if I can't get it fracked, I'm going to lose all this money. And so I can't talk to you. There's just, you know, the most important thing and I got to get done today is get my well fracked. Uh, and I was, I was interestingly, I was with a salesperson who was a trainee. And so he's looking at the guy and he kind of looks at me and he, and he says, well, okay, let's reschedule. I said, no, 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 we're not going to reschedule. <laughs> I said, if I can get your you know, your well fracked for you today, would that free things up for you? Would that would that help you at all? And he said, yeah. So I called a friend of mine who happened to be the president of a well fracking company. And uh, and I said, John, you know, I don't know anything about fracking. And, and, you know, I don't know how you work and whatever, but this gentleman I'm sitting with needs his well fracked. Can you help him? And so I handed the phone over and then I had a conversation and they got the whole thing handled. And we just sat there and listened. And after about 20 minutes, he hung up the phone. He goes, that was awesome. <laughs> and then he turned and he says, what are you guys selling? And I then I turned to John and I said, go ahead, John. And so John, you know, started into his his thing. And, and the guy about 10 minutes in, he said, you know what? I'm just buying it. I'm so happy you guys fracked my well. I'm just buying it. <laughs> and, you know, signed the agreement right there. So it was pretty funny that. You know, it wasn't my intent. My intent was just merely to take him out of pain, to help him solve his problem, to deal with what was really on his mental map right then. Right. But it turned 
you know, it turned out to be a sale for us, but, it, you know, but that's what happens when you focus on the client and not on the outcome. I love to hear that. And that it actually affects the bottom line in a positive way. Yes. Excellent. Well, I always love chatting with you, Rick, and, you know, I hope we have you on again and loving that Max Rev is up and running um, and that people can find it at max-rev.com sales training, correct? Yes. Yep. Perfect. Okay. So we will have you on again, Rick. Thank you again for joining us and we will talk soon. All right. Thanks, Stephanie. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Top 3 Podcast. If you're looking to start a business, come on over to chic-ceo.com to get all of the information you need to get moving. If you're looking to grow your existing business, you aren't quite ready for a business coach, but you know you need some higher level business strategy, the Chic Elite program is a perfect fit. So head on over to chic-ceo.com to check out all the resources and for the show notes to today's episode.